0: Welcome to Christchurch Anglican. We hope that you are blessed by today's sermon. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, actually, uh, if I wasn't preaching on three circles today, I'd be preaching on Nehemiah. And so, uh, just so you don't feel cheated, uh, I, I'm going to just give you a, one observation about Nehemiah. And that is... This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. How many times in your life and experience and in churches you've grown up in did the words, this is holy, do not mourn or weep, go together? And how many times did this is holy look sad? (laughs) You know, look bereaved. Uh, I... uh, can't tell you how many times the word holy means downtrodden and uh that's not the gospel what's happening here in this passage is the people are reconnecting with their god now they're hearing the law and the law breaks their heart cuz they hadn't been following it so they're grieving but god is celebrating that they have restored and been restored in their relationship to him and so The point of the reading and the point of what the leaders are saying about don't grieve, go home, eat some good meat and get the fatty parts and uh, rejoice is we're back in relationship with our Lord, which is far more important than uh, that you broke the law. Well, of course you broke the law, but now you have the chance not to, you know, because you're in relationship with God. So I just want to bring that up before we get into three circles because the sign of a christian should be joy okay we are an easter people and alleluia is our song okay um, let's remember that and let's rejoice and celebrate in our relationship with our god and that is what we're talking about today is our relationship and bringing others into relationship with our god and you might wonder why are we beginning the year with this emphasis on sharing the gospel with others. And the point is because our goal as members of the Christ Church family is to become fully functioning disciples of Jesus Christ. Fully functioning disciples of Jesus Christ. And remember according to Jesus a disciple is not just someone who knows God's commands. The devil knows God's commands. Okay. A disciple is someone who also obeys God's commands. If you recall, Christ tells us in the Great Commission, and I'm using New Living Translation throughout the Scripture today, Christ tells us in the Great Commission, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. Teach them to obey all the commands I have given you. So what commands would apply here to sharing the gospel? Well, first of all, let's start with Acts 1.8 where Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. And then 2 Corinthians 5.18 where Paul tells us that God brought us back to himself through Christ and has given us this task of reconciling people to him. You will be my witnesses. God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. These are not optional activities. They are basic expectations for anyone who has been saved by Jesus Christ. If you consider yourself a Christian, then you have a responsibility, I have a responsibility to witness to Christ and to be a messenger, a minister of reconciliation for God. Okay, you tracking with me so far? Okay? You see, God is building a family that will live with Him forever. And He wants every one of His sons and daughters involved in this work with Him. Okay? We don't work for God, we work with God. Okay? He wants every one of us involved in this work with Him. And it doesn't matter who we are or what we do for a living, all of us who are His sons and daughters have a vocation. To work with God in building this family that will live with Him forever. Very often we think, well I'm doing this job but what should I be doing for God? You know, And so I, I want to go figure this out. Well maybe some people do have a calling to go elsewhere than what they're doing. But most people have a calling to be right where they are doing what they're called to do in their job while at the same time fulfilling their vocation to bring people to Christ, to witness to Christ. Every place you work, every job you have is a location and a people group that you can reach for Christ. So don't think that uh, because I do this or I do that or I do something else, uh, I'm out of God's plan. Wherever you are, you're in God's plan. Whoever you know is your target to share and witness the gospel. Now, being a witness scares a lot of people. I can admit there have been times when I've been scared too. Trying to rationalize a way out of being a witness, we can say, well, not everyone's called to be a witness. That's someone else's job. And uh, here, give you a little peace of mind in a way, uh, an evangelist is a particular calling of God like pastor, prophet, uh, teacher, one of those to build up the body of Christ. That's an evangelist. And about 10% of the Christian population is given that specific gift to be an evangelist. Uh, that may not include you. Okay? That's more street corner. And uh, let's get out there and... Uh, uh, make it happen just real divine supernatural courage and uh, initiative in certain areas not all of us are called to be evangelists but a hundred percent of us are called to be witnesses you're not called to argue theological points with people and argue with them to get them into heaven you're called to tell someone else about the love of your Heavenly Father. It's up to them what they do with that. But your job is to be a witness, to share and to tell about Jesus. Now, uh, you don't have to know all the answers, you just need to know Jesus. Uh, it's that simple, really. We all have areas where we're still growing into the fullness of Christ. Uh, That's to be expected in each of us. You know, there would be nothing worse than a church where everybody was at the same level of spiritual maturity. It's kind of like, if that were the case, we'd have an expiration date. (laughs) You know? (laughs) People constantly need to be coming in with new levels of maturity and, and new needs to grow in Christ and for us to be there to help everybody along. But the thing we don't do is give up. Okay. some people are very afraid of being a witness but we don't give up on being a witness because it's not out of your reach in this lifetime you know why? because Paul tells us in Philippians I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me that includes witnessing to God's love now As a witness, how can I share the good news about Jesus? How can I explain it in a simple fashion Uh, why we all need Jesus? Why uh, this is not something that we can choose if we want, but be happy either way. But it really does, our whole life and health is dependent upon having that relationship with Christ. Well, we have a wonderful way to do that. It's called the Three Circles. Rip and I have been working on this for several months to uh, choose this and to work our way through it. And uh, the nice thing is, is that it's true. And so it's easy to remember. You know when you were a kid and you would tell a lie to your mom and then uh, your dad would come along and you'd tell a lie to him, but it was a little different than the lie you told your mom because you didn't really remember the lie you told your mom. And it just kept compounding until, you know, the woodshed. And... uh, (laughs) Well, that's because it's hard to remember lies. It's easy to remember the truth because it's always the same. And so this is a wonderful way to share the truth of God's love with others. And we're going to have next week's sermon and then we're going to have a series of classes on this too. Uh, and here's the point. Don't get scared. Don't get worried about, oh, I've got to go do this. Um, remember where Peter says... Always be prepared to give an account for the hope that is within you. Just look at it this way. You're just getting prepared. Okay? Let God bring those situations to you after you're prepared. But it's going to be hard for you to respond to God if you don't have that preparation. So let's just start by getting prepared to be able to do this when God calls upon us to do it. I encourage you to be a part of this and next couple of weeks to be in the Sunday school class uh, that is going to help you be prepared because it can help us bring people back into God's good design. And that's where we started out humankind with God, living in his good creation in the garden. And God gave us free will in order that we might freely love him and obey him in return. This is really critical to everything. It's why the world is broken, (laughs) because of God's gift of free will. um, And for us using it in the wrong way. But here's the deal. God wants you to love him. You can't be coerced into loving someone. Well, you, you can be coerced into acting like you love someone, but that's not the same. And so God is going to give you the freedom not to love Him. And that's when we get into trouble, when we choose to follow that freedom. And early on, man and woman decided they could do a better job on their own without God, rather than with Him, with His love and His knowledge of them as His creatures. And so they used their free will to turn away from God's good design. Adam and Eve thought they knew better than God. And, you know, this is all back in Genesis chapter 3. Uh, and the biblical word for departing from God and His design is sin. It's going our own way. Okay. It's missing the mark. All right? We all sin, though, so don't take it personally when I say that. Okay. Isaiah says, all of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Paul tells us in Romans 3.23, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. We have all sinned. We have all chosen to walk away from God who loves us and made us for many different reasons. And it goes to follow that sin leads to brokenness. Okay, And this is a place most of us know far too well. Okay? Brokenness is easy for us to understand because it feels like broken relationships, addiction, depression, discouragement, guilt, and shame. It feels like those things. Uh, it, we all want out of brokenness, so we try to fix it by doing something equally stupid to leaving God's design in the first place. We then take off on our own again, <laughs> To find ways to fix our brokenness. We look for ways to alleviate our pain. We medicate with drugs. We numb it with alcohol. We strive to be better people by reading books that tell us how to be better people. And did you ever think about the fact that any of those books worked? They wouldn't have a bookstore full of them. (laughs) You know, one would be good. Uh, but when we do that we just get more and more broken and move further and further away from God. And when we depart from God's design it always leads to brokenness. And when we depart, try to fix ourselves it leads to more brokenness. Okay. Go all the way back to Adam. When he rejected God's way, shame and fear caused him to hide from God. And this is one of the devil's great tools, is shame. This is not one of God's tools. Conviction is one of God's tools. Shame is the devil's tool. Shame is what gets you to say, God didn't love me. He couldn't love me. I'm not worthy of forgiveness. I just need to, I got to walk away. Shame causes you to walk away from every good option you have and to stray further and further away from God. And the devil loves that. Okay. So don't listen to shame. When the Holy Spirit comes by and convicts you, says, hey, I think we can do a little better here. Uh, listen to him, not to the devil. God's good design for us is to be in full communion and fellowship with whom, from whom we receive life and light. Brokenness disrupts God's design, and it eventually leads us to Darkness, where we are defenseless against our enemies. Look back to Genesis 3 again, and we'll see that Adam and Eve became defenseless against Satan. And our enemies attack our hearts and minds and our relationships. And our marriages and our families can come under attack. it's a broken world we live in you don't have to look forward to realize that in the united states today forty percent of children live in single-parent homes half a million children have been removed from their homes due to abuse and neglect and placed in foster care an estimated twenty million people are ensnared in some form of addiction and police report over three thousand violent crimes each day Now. I want to say to you that Christ Church, as well as other churches across the country, but uh, every church has a vocation to do what they can to increase the kingdom of heaven and to bring the kingdom of heaven and the light of God into dark places. And we recognize this brokenness at Christ Church, and we're working on it. We're not going to be able to do everything, but we can help where we can help. For instance... uh, 20 million people ensnared in some form of addiction. Well, we started a recovery ministry for this area. Father Jonathan is doing wonderful work in this area, uh, helping people who are uh, addicted in one way or another to apply the 12 steps, to get to know Christ, to find their way into a a wholeness they didn't have before. We We are working with those people because remember, People are not the enemy, okay? People are, it's kind of like if there's a gun pointing at me, uh, the gun's the problem, okay? Not the person holding the gun. Yeah, they may pull the trigger, but Satan is using that person like a gun, okay? I don't know if that makes sense, but they're not the enemy, There's someone who's being misused and is hurting me in the process. Um, And those are people we can make friends and disarm them. You can't disarm a gun. You can disarm the person holding the gun by making friends with them, by loving them. Um, So we work on those things. We also have a strong ministry to foster, uh, foster ministries in this area, through the attic, uh, through several other areas that we're working in. Uh, Bob, we're just work with the uh, Christ Church Fosters Ministry out at Sky High, High Sky Ranch. And uh, so we're working to be mentors to children out there. We know that this is a broken problem, and we are doing what we can to bring light and life into it. Uh, But... Overall, we're a humpty-dumpty nation, and we've fallen, we're broken, and we can't figure out how to put ourselves back together again. And it's not for lack of trying. There are kinds of people, all kinds of people, trying all kinds of ways to put our world back together again. We try to cover our sin, but it doesn't work. What we do, we try to fix our brokenness through adultery, drugs, alcohol, strive to build a better me, but it doesn't work. What we don't understand is that just like the first man and woman, we are the problem, and the problem cannot solve itself. The solution must come from somewhere else. Now, the good thing about brokenness is that it helps us see our need for change. And often, after we have failed at making ourselves whole and right, God can get our attention and we can hear God's solution to our problem. And the gospel is that solution. When we feel broken on the inside and everything's all messed up, we know something needs to change. And the Bible's word for change is repent. Turn around. Stop going in that direction. Stop your squiggly lines that are hurting you even more. And turn around to the good news. See, the change we really need comes from Jesus. God sent Jesus to live a perfect life. To die the death we deserve And to be raised to life again, proving he is who he says he is. And he can do what he says he can do. Which includes forgiving our sins. And when we repent and believe in him, he gives us a spirit who helps us to recover and pursue God's design. That's important. We don't just repent and believe and rest in that knowledge. That, oh good, I'm saved. We recover from our brokenness, and we pursue God's design for us, His original good design. And the wonderful thing is, is that over the, as God repairs us, restores us, strengthens us, He then sends us back out on that road that we've took before to help people who were going into brokenness turn around and repent and believe and then Pursue their own design for life. But all of us are in this cycle of being saved and then helping others be saved. Of recovering and helping others recover. This is a vocation for all of us. Every single one of us. We don't get out of it, okay? So uh, we need to learn how to do it, how to help people. And that's what we're going to be looking at in this class starting after next Sunday. Next Sunday, we'll have one more sermon. And then we're going to be looking at how do we share with others these three circles? How do we turn a conversation into a gospel conversation uh, and to help others find their way out of brokenness? And I want to urge you all to take a step in this direction, becoming a fully functioning follower of Jesus Christ. I want you to really pray about attending these upcoming Sunday morning classes and receive that true and simple training that we all need so that we can be prepared to give an account for the hope that is in us and to enjoy and join in God's mission of making disciples of all nations. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you have brought us into the family, your family, you have called us to work in the family business. One of the things, help us always to remember that we do not work for you, we work with you. That you have called us to work with you because the Holy Spirit is our leader and our guide in all these things. And we ask you to give us knowledge and courage and a sense that we can... Through simple tools begin to bring others into your family who will live with you and us forever we pray all this in Jesus name Amen in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit Amen thanks for tuning in for more information feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com We hope you will join us again soon.